Our scripture reading comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verse 1, 12 through 17, and 34 through 35. Now hear the reading of God's word. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. So ends the reading of God's word, and you may be seated, please. You know, it's always good for us to learn a new song, and, and we learned one today, and, and I can get, gather those words, and I can still remember them. Do you remember the song we learned? Oh, 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 You know, that gives you some help here, because when you drop something at home and you go, uh-oh, now you can just say, I was just singing our praise. Oh, 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 oh. You know, we'll learn it better someday so we get the intonations right and the notes right. But for now, just remember 27 times, oh, 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 and so on. You know, this morning we are continuing in our series of what difference does it make in our life that Christ is there, not so much to us, but to those around us. And so what difference does it make? Anybody have their 24-7 book? Anybody have it there? Let, let me see, what, what are we supposed to be talking about today? Look on the very back page. Is there an outline? Yeah, what does it say, Darcy? Uh, is it Happy Feet today? What's the one before that? Winter early, early. It's Happy Feet today. <laughs> wow. You know what that brings to mind to me? A cartoon, yeah, penguins and, and all. What does it look like for us to have happy feet? Go ahead, Rich. <laughs> I beg your pardon? <laughs> uh, Steve Martin, there you go, happy feet. You know, this morning we're going to talk about relationships. Golly, can you figure that? Here it's almost Valentine, hint, hint, guys. You know, I wasn't going to do that today. I was going to warn the women it was almost Valentine's Day. But I just can't get away from it because it's guys who always forget, right, guys? No, no. Gary, do you remember Valentine's Day? Every year. Every year, good job. You know, for us, that's a relationship day. For us, that is a day that, well, really, it's just the beginning of every day how a relationship should be involved in our life and in the life of others. So 
how do we learn about relationships? How do we learn about this thing called love? What? Book of Ephesians is a great place. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So we can go to Scripture and we can see where we have examples of that. Yeah, Dennis? Trial and error. A little trial and a lot of error, huh? Is that what I heard you say? And then she sets you straight, and then you know what you're supposed to do and not do. You're a good man. I like that. We learn by trial and error. Sometimes we have no clue what we are doing, and we learn. How else do we learn about love? By example. You bet. You know, we watch other people. I, I had to laugh at these two in here. PDA this morning. <laughs> they were back here in the pew, you know, they're here for the praise team, and then when they're done practicing, they just hang out till the service starts. And they were back there, and, and Carol had her arm around Jay, and I thought, how sweet that is. You know, we all should be doing things, well, not all of us probably, Rick, <laughs> but most of us should be doing things like that. By example, we learn. This morning, I want us to learn by example, but I also want us to learn by what God's Word says we are to do. So as we go to the book of John, we see these passages that Pastor Mary shared with us. And when we look in John chapter 13, what we have there is an example of what a disciple should be like. And, and it's very nice. I mean, if you need something about, okay, what is a disciple? And we've talked about going out into the world and doing what? Making disciples. And so in chapter 13, we see three marks of discipleship. The first one is the desire to glorify God. The second one is unfailing love for one another and the third one is unswerving loyalty to Jesus. Okay, we're not going to talk about the desire to glorify God. We've talked about that numerous times. We're not going to talk about the unswerving loyalty to Jesus. What we are going to talk about this morning is the unfailing love for one another. Today, we're going to look at that love. And, and by the way, this command is not a new one. In fact, if we look in the book of Leviticus, chapter 19, verse 18, notice what it says. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against one of your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Now, if I would have given you a quiz and said to you, okay, where do we find love your neighbor as yourself? You all would have gone to a gospel as my guess. And you would have quoted that we are to love God and we are to love our neighbor as ourself. Very few of us would have gone to Leviticus. In fact, it didn't even dawn on me that it was in Leviticus. But it is an Old Testament thing. To love your neighbor as yourself. But the new thing about this is that Jesus has raised it even to a higher level. He doesn't say just love your neighbor as yourself, but he says, as I have loved you. 
You see, Jesus gave us an example. He said, here is what love is about. Here is how you are to love each other. You are to do that as I have loved you. You know, that's almost too bad for us because we can make up all kinds of things on how we are to love. I mean, the movies show us how we are to love. Books tell us how we are to love. The radio will share that, our music, our movie, you know, all of these things. And yet Jesus says, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You love as I have loved you. So let's look at how Jesus loved. And, and maybe we'll get an idea of what that means for us today. I, I told Marcia as I went to bed last night, I said, oh, this is boring. So I hope it isn't boring to you. It was boring to me, but I'm getting excited about this, and you're going to get excited about this. Amen? Good. You'll help me. You know, guy thing. What goes into love that Jesus showed? What, what do we see in him that we can share with others that we can do ourselves? Well, the first thing is his love was a selfless Love. If you're taking notes, write that down. Selfless love. We see Jesus coming to his disciples and washing their feet. Mary and I were talking about this, about what we might do, and we thought, wouldn't it be fun if we washed each other's feet today? Yeah, right. You know how hard it would be for us to get you to wash each other's feet? That would be very difficult. And... and Maybe it's not so difficult you washing somebody else's feet. Maybe it's more difficult them letting you wash their feet. I mean, I think about my feet and I think, ooh, you know, I don't want you touching my feet. You don't want to be touching my feet. And you probably are thinking something similar. For some reason, it was a very private thing for us, the foot washing. For them, it wasn't. For them, they would go around with their sandals on and the dusty roads and the streets and, and they would get their feet all dirty and, and then they would come in and, and it was the privilege, well, it was expected of the master then of the house to have that person's feet washed. Now, usually it was not the master who did it. Usually it was one of the servants who did it. In fact, almost always. In fact, if you look at this, you'll see that, that even the Jewish servants were not expected to wash people's feet. Usually that was given to a Gentile, you know, one of those lowly Gentiles. So the lowly Gentile would come and they would wash other people's feet. It was that kind of thing. It was expected to have it done, but only the lowest of the low would carry that out. Well, what we have here is Jesus expressing his love, showing his love for the disciples by going to them and kneeling down and washing their feet. And you saw in that passage that was read there in John that, that they were saying, oh, wait a minute, no, 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 no. And Jesus says, I will wash your feet. Why did he do that? Because he wanted them to understand what it meant to love one another. And for us to understand what love is like in the sight of Christ. So what would that look like today? 
I mean, we're not going to go around and wash each other's feet. You're not going to go out on the street and say, oh, could I wash your feet? You're not going to do that. Nobody wants you to do that. But what does that look like today? What, What could that be in our sight with our mindset today? Give me some ideas. Taking somebody to the grocery store, somebody who may not have transportation, somebody who you see, you know, has a need, and so you say, hey, you know, why don't we go to the grocery store together? And so, oh, no, I don't want to bother you. Well, no, we want to help. Okay, good. What else would that look like? Volunteering in a meal kitchen. You know, let me help the least of you by serving you. Good. What does that, does that look like? Submitting to one another. In, in what kind of ways would you do that? In our marriages. In our marriages. Oh, my goodness. That's tough, isn't it? Wouldn't that be interesting if you go to your spouse and say, how can I submit to you today? Whoa, that would be different. Okay, good. What else? Gary, I see it on your lips. What are you saying? Do the ironing, ironing. yeah. (laughs) I, I shared this with my men's group. Did I share this last week about making the bed? Nobody's shaking their head yes, so I guess I'll share it with you today. You know, we were, we were studying in this area about, about, you know, serving and working for each other and, and doing all of that, and somehow it came up about making the bed. And I said, I never make the bed. I mean, the bed's the bed. I'm going to get out of it. I'm going to get back in it. If I make it, I have to undo it. Why make the bed? Yeah, yeah. Maybe this is just venting a little bit here. And, and the guy said, you know, do it as if you're doing it unto the Lord. And I'm thinking, oh. And they're saying, you know, you should really make the bed for your wife. Oh, if she wants a bed made, let her make the bed. <laughs> I don't care if the bed is made or not. And then I thought, you know, it really wouldn't be that hard. But it is a king-sized bed, and that means you have to go on the other side of the bed and make that, and then go on the other side and make that, and that's a pain. And then we have all these foo-foo things. <laughs> you know, these, these pillows on top. Yeah, you're right. And then these stuffed animals on the pillows. And then there are pillows on the pillows. And I think, it's a bed. You know, why do we do this? I wouldn't mind making the bed if it was just pull this cover up, pull that cover up, it's good to go. I mean, I would do that. And so the guys felt no sympathy for me. I think it was because they were pointing the finger at me and I wasn't pointing the finger at them. And they said, you know, we want you to go and make the bed this week. One time. I said, if I make the bed, she's going to get used to that. And then she's going to expect that from me every time. And they said, you know, whatever you do, do it as if you, you know, that. 
Okay, I'll do it. And they said, then we want you to take a picture of the bed before it was made and then the bed after it was made. Okay, so they'd see that I did that. So that very next morning, you know, we got up and I took a picture of the bed. Then I made it, put all those foo-foo things on it and, and everything, and then took another picture. She didn't even notice. <laughs> or if she did, she didn't tell me. I mean, I kept waiting for something to be said, you know, <laughs> and, and nothing. Yeah, she, she was too stunned, right? So I, I didn't know if I should feel hurt or if I should feel glad, hurt that she didn't notice what I did for her out of love for her, or glad because she didn't notice and then she won't expect it. Anyway, she still doesn't realize that I made the bet. Why did I tell you that story? I have no clue. <laughs> but, I think it tied in with going out of your way to do something for somebody, to show love for that person. So what kind of things did Jesus do? We, we talked about the selfless love that he had. What kind of selfless love did he have? What did he show us? Yeah. He spent time with the Father, didn't he? Is it easy spending time with the Father? Well, physically it's not hard, but boy, that's tough to shut everything down and spend time with the Father. I have a hard time with that. I'd rather be going. I'd rather be doing. Spending time with the Father. Yeah, good example for us. What else did he do to show that selfless love? All right. He was a great fish finder. There you go. Mm-hmm. And here in this situation, he washed their feet. Selfless love. Something reserved for the lowest of the low. And yet Jesus took that on. And, and get this straight. He took it on not that we go around and washing everybody's feet. Sometimes we read in Scripture that something was done and so then we all become members of the Holy Footwasher group. That's not the point here at all. The point is not foot washing. The point is doing something that you might not otherwise do. Something that you would think might be well below you, but you do it because you care about other people. Is it a bad idea to make beds? No. And maybe we need to do that. Or wash the dishes. Or whatever it might be. Jesus gave us an example of what needed to be done. He showed his selfless love. If Jesus, even though he was the Son of God, was willing to serve, we ought to be willing to serve. If Jesus was willing to do menial tasks like washing someone's feet, then we ought to be willing to do it too. Look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Because here in this passage, we get insight. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. You mean, I shouldn't have been wanting a reaction from her when I made the bed? That's right. 
Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. What kind of witness would you have upon somebody if you did something like that? Where you didn't look out for your own interest, but you looked out for the interest of others. Can you imagine what that would be like? Can you imagine if you take the pack and carry it the extra mile, the scripture says? Can you imagine if you went out of your way to do something for somebody else? You know how huge that is? You know the volumes it speaks to somebody else when you do something for them? Selfless love. We're told to do it. We are given the example of doing it. So, what else? Okay, he showed us how he loves in that selfless way. How about a forgiving love? Did you see Jesus being forgiving? Did you see that? What about to the thief on the cross? Remember what he said to him? What did he say? This day you'll be with me in paradise. Can't you see him? But, but, but you don't understand. Here's my list of my things that I've done wrong. No, 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 you don't understand. This day you'll be with me in paradise. What about Peter? I'll never deny you. Three times. And still, Peter was going to be the rock. Is going to be what it was built upon. Hmm. What, about, what about you? What about me? Aren't we glad that he showed his forgiving love? Aren't we glad that he doesn't keep a tally and say, okay, boy, are you messed up. Okay, you are really bad. Okay, there's no hope for you. But instead he says, because... I came and died for you. I sacrificed myself for you that you shall have your place in paradise. Is that good? That's really good. So, forgiving. We like it when he forgives us, don't we? But what are we supposed to do then? He forgives us, we are to what? We are to forgive others. How many times? Seventy times seven. You know, I'm pretty smart. I can multiply that. Seventy times seven, seven times zero, zero, sometimes seven, forty-nine, four. Four hundred and ninety times. Let's see. If I live to be seventy, that means I would only have to forgive somebody. Seven times a year, right? Did I do that right? Seven times seven. Hey, I can do that. This is great. Seven times a year. Oh, doesn't mean that either. Just kind of like that, you're supposed to wash each other's feet. It doesn't mean really go out and wash people's feet. It means to humble yourself and do things for others, to love others. Seventy times seven doesn't mean after 490 it is done. It's only just begun. It is there to tell us that we are to continue to love one another. 
We are continuing to forgive one another. I mean, some of us, we can get that 490 in one year, can't we? Year after year after year. Jesus showed that love for us by forgiving us of our sins, by making it possible for us to be with him in heaven. We are expected to do the same thing. So let's see. The first part of the love that he showed us was because of what? His what? His selflessness. The second part is his forgiveness. The third is his sacrificial love. Jesus sacrificed everything for us because he loved us. That is hard to imagine. That blows my mind that he loved me enough that he went to the cross and died for me. That should blow your mind, not that he went to the cross and died for me, but that he went to the cross and died for you. Do you understand that? Do you understand what took place there? That that price was paid for us? Hmm. Parents, do you sacrifice for your children? Well, of course you do. Mates, do you sacrifice for your spouse? Well, of course. Christians are to sacrifice for one another. So what difference does this make? Well, let me tell you the difference. When we begin to do those selfless things, when we begin to do those forgiving things, when we tend to do those selfless things, those sacrificial things, it is then that people begin to see Christ in us. Why are you different? It is because of Christ in me. But wait a minute, you're saying, maybe I don't look so different. Maybe you don't, and maybe that's where we need to grow, that we understand. And we put to action those things. Easy? <laughs> no way. If it was easy, all of us would be doing it and we'd be great at it. And yet there's where we strive, to be more selfless, where we don't care about ourselves, to be more sacrificial, to be more forgiving. Big, big thing. But we can do it. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you. Thank you for loving us. And Lord, we love that. But Lord, let us also love one another, just as your word has told us. We are yours. Part of being a disciple is loving. Lord, we need to grow. May we love one another. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. If we could have the ushers receive the offering.